0: A tip that will make your prospecting less less painful is if you will consciously identify a slice of the local realtor database to focus on who is primed to succeed in your model.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 159 of the Smart Agents Podcast. As always, my name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we're joined by Bradley Pounds, co-owner of Waters International Realty, to talk all about building a powerhouse brokerage through agent recruitment. Throughout our conversation, Bradley shares his tips for better communicating with prospects, creating job ads that stand out, and how to nail the agent interview process. If you're thinking about launching a new team or already own your own brokerage, this conversation is one you won't want to miss. But before we get on to the day's featured interview, the all-new Smart Agents Magazine has launched and is full of insights and strategies designed to help real estate agents grow their businesses. Inside, you will find interviews and advice from leading real estate professionals, marketing tips to flood your business with leads, and even swipe and deploy files full of practical tools to enhance your business. Subscribe now to receive your copy of the printed magazine each month and instantly get access to our online agent community and members-only templates. Click the link in the episode description or go to smartagents.com forward slash magazine. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. And finally, if you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or real estate tips to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to the day's featured interview with Bradley Pounds. This is really a topic that we could have talked about for hours, so I highly recommend checking out the book he co-wrote along with his business partner, Chris Waters, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team, How I Went from Zero to Earning a One Million After Expenses in Three Years. I posted a link in the episode description. Yeah, so if you could, just starting out, uh, introduce yourself to us a bit and how you got started on this agent recruiting path.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, I graduated from the University of Texas in 2002 and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I graduated with a journalism degree and I kind of got to my senior year and I'm like, I sort of hate this. You know, I'm good at it, but it's not a money-making opportunity. And so I went uh, into real estate at the recommendation of a friend. It was a weird time after the dot-com bust, the market had kind of, you know, went into this relatively short, uh, but but, um, uh, into this relatively short slump. And so I jumped in and I like to say that I hit every branch uh, on the way down in the bad broker tree. You know, like I went with the big box where you feel like a number. I went with the mom and pop where they had a 90% split, but also wouldn't take your calls. Like, you know, the, the I, I made every mistake that a new recruit could make. And so I finally around 2007 began to get my feet under me and build this referral base. The following year, 2008 happens. The recession was actually very, very good for me because here in Austin, Texas, like in most uh, markets, we probably lost about 40% of the realtor uh, board membership within nine to 12 months. You know, anybody who was doing this as a hobby sort of tapped out and said, no, thanks. Well, you know, even though I wasn't really that that productive or good at it yet, now there are all these clients uh, it, that are now not spoken for. And so, you know, in a slump like that, you know, realtors that jump out, It's, it's kind of frustrating because if they would just hang in there, you know, you, you can basically pick up your market share during those times and it becomes this big sprint for you. And it was very, very good to me. So 2011, I have this referral base. I'm comfortable. I'm doing a deal and a half, you know, two deals a month, whatever, um, which was great for, you know, 2011. Uh, but I don't ever know where my next deal is coming from. It's kind of just my strategy was prayer at that point, doing random marketing things. And I meet this guy who prospects me on Facebook. And this is back when you could send anybody a message on Facebook. It would go right to the top of their inbox, no spam filter, no nothing. And he's uh, uh, got a broker license and the guy, his headshot looks like he's about 12 Like he's wearing his dad's suit, kind of thing. He's he had frat bangs, if you know, you know. (laughs) 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 And you're like, uh, and he's talking this big game about how he's building this, you know, big company and this this dominant team. And I I just got to check this out. So I take an interview with the guy. The rest is history. That was Chris Waters, and so you know he built. Uh, with my help, the the dominant team here in, in Austin real estate within a couple of years uh, after that meeting. And then what happened was that we sort of took it on the road and expanded to Amarillo and San Antonio. And, you know, we look up in 2017 going, Hey, everybody in Texas knows who we are, but how do we build brand awareness outside of that? How do we grow outside of Texas? So what we did is we released a book. Um, It's called The Million Dollar Real Estate Team. You've probably seen this like on Amazon or some of our webinars and whatnot. Uh, And it's 212 pages that just chronicle that story of how we went from zero to making a million bucks in net income. And, you know, all the lessons that we sort of learned about building a high performance team along the way. I've actually got a free copy of that. If you want to put that out there for your listeners, we can kind of talk about how to get that in just a bit. But the um, uh, along the way, I became the the company's first buyer agent team lead. I became the person who sort of defined the recruiting program. I didn't know anything about agent recruiting, and I, you know, remember sitting with a list of agents and making my first cold prospecting calls and being like, "Uh, yeah, I'm." Probably, I'm- I was wondering if uh, possibly you'd uh, maybe like to come down here and take an interview. And they're like, what's a split? And Of course I just <laughs> melt. <laughs> hang up. Hang up. You know, I was so terrible at it. And so, so daunted by it. Um, and, and I know a lot of team builders who are like that, you know, I, I Michael, I know team builders who would prefer to call expireds for hours and get their butts kicked on the phone, than pick up the phone and call one, Agent across town and ask them how their business is going and whether they would want to come interview. You know, it's fear of rejection, it's a, our peer stuff, you know, all that. And I like to say it's basically, you know, recruiting is the thing that will instantly transport you back to like fifth grade playground, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very triggering in that way. But I finally wrestled recruiting to the ground and I figured out how to recruit, you know, the right agents and you know, what to say in ads and what to say, you know, social media, what to say on the phone, because I did end up getting good at cold prospecting. There's a way to do that that doesn't feel gross uh, and, and you know, how to get your mindset right about recruiting, even as sort of an introverted person like myself. And then, um, you know, I was able to craft an, an interview style that that closes, frankly. Uh, and so by trial and error, I built this recruiting machine that our company now lives on. And we've opened up in 18 markets, thank God, and, you know, uh, uh, by the grace of God, rather. And we are, um, you know, continuing to grow based on us being able to retain and and attract really good talent.
1: Right. So when you and Chris were building this and, you know, really kind of, um, you know, trying to. Find, you know, those agents that you said those first times you were making those phone calls. It was daunting because I think, you know, I think anytime you are calling a peer, you do kind of have go through that like imposter syndrome. Like, ah, oh, they're probably way better at this than I am. I'm, you know, and uh, so dealing with that, what, so for you personally, like, what were you doing to kind of get through some of those things when you were so new to it yourself?
0: You know, I think that uh, I, I, I found some some video from a few years ago. Somebody had asked me, what is the one thing that you would do differently if you had a time machine and could go back to 2012 when I became the team lead and had to sit down and recruit my first agents. And out of everything, out of training, out of coaching, out of like, you know, firing versus not firing, uh, the, the, the thing that I said that I wanted to change was that if I could go back and shake myself self by the shoulders and, and tell myself how good the opportunity was that I was putting out there for people, then that is the thing that I would do. Because I had this belief that, hey, you know, it's I had a greatest hits album of limiting beliefs. You know, tell me if any of these sound familiar. It's like, who am I? To, to, to go out there and recruit agents. Um, nobody knows who I am. You know, some of these people have been in the business a lot longer than I have. I haven't created success for anybody in recruiting uh, just yet because I'm a new team lead. It's just like, you know, remember those time life albums that they used to sell on TV where it's like all those old greatest hits songs. It's literally like an album of these, these limiting beliefs. So the thing that I would do is I would go back and I would get really clear. And this is actually probably the number one, number two mistake that agents make when they go to recruit is that they skip this step. They don't get really clear about what it is that they're offering and why someone should actually say yes to them. And that's where I think potentially great teams sort of blow up on the runway. You know, before they even have a chance to launch, the team owner talks herself out of her ability to recruit. Well, I'll just get another assistant and I'll just, you know, do some more deals and, you know, who am I, what am I offering, et cetera. And I would challenge you guys to think about that in a different way. You know, look at the dominant recruiting brokerages in town. And Michael, there's uh, I don't know anything about the the particular market that any of your listeners are in, but here's what I know. There are two brokerages in town who recruit the new agents. One of them is a national uh, national brand that has maybe a reputation for training. It's just where you go when you're new. The other one is named after a dead guy who is it's a local <laughs> player and it's where you go when you get a new real estate license. And if you look at those two opportunities, one of them probably sells a lot of products to their agents, agents who aren't particularly rolling in extra cash uh, and sort of brings in everyone. There's a community college open door policy because you pay to join. And that company has zero risk since they zero base their costs and in fact, turn a certain number of those people into training and coaching buying customers, right? And then you look at the other opportunity and they probably haven't changed much since about 1983. And, you know, like, actually, I have a lot to offer in that I can give this person special attention. I know how to get a deal done in 30 days. And what's the big the, the big home run that any of these agents want from us, write this down, you know, the home run the, If is if you can get this person under contract in 30 days, that's all they want. They don't care about anything else. If you can do that, you are a demigod. And now when we put it in terms like that, it's like, well, sure. I know the scrappy things that I can teach this person to do to go get a deal. That's where you have mega advantage over either of these two shops that just burn and turn new agents all day long. So I would argue that even if you've never done it before, if you know how to do deals done, and if you're willing to spend that one-on-one side-by-side time with this individual, your offering is incredibly superior to your competition.
1: Right. So when you are, you know, getting that messaging out Mm -hmm. that, you know, you have that ability to do that one-on-one training and to really, you know, take, take, you know, um, almost, you know, ownership of their success as well. Like, you you know, you're really putting in a lot of effort into their success. How do you get that message out there that it does kind of cut through the messaging from some of the other bigger companies out there or that legacy?
0: So you've got three pillars whenever you're communicating this message out there to the masses, you know, pillar number one is going to be advertising, right? So you're talking about job boards, indeed, you're talking about Facebook ads and whatnot. And and then you've got the prospecting pillar, which is picking up the phone um, texting, you know, you can send prospecting texts, about a job opportunity. If you are not asking these people to pay any money, that would be compliant by the TCPA. A lot of people nervous about sending text messages to market right now because of fines and class actions that are sort of bubbling up around that. But uh, you know, this is an acceptable use case of text messaging. Um, and then the referral pillar. So let's let's kind of attack all three of these because none of these require an exceptional amount of skill. So on the advertising pillar, you know the great thing about Indeed, uh, which is in most of the markets that, that we're speaking to right now, the dominant player, it has most of the job board traffic. The great thing about Indeed is that most of the ads are so corporate and so sanitized and so sort of milk toast in their 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 scripting. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to overpromise. They they're, they're, they're uh, and it, it sounds like ChatGPT four wrote every bit of every ad on Indeed. <laughs> Here's my hack. If you go to Indeed and start an ad like this. Hi, my name is. Here's what I'm great at. Here's where I'm weak. Here's what I'm looking for to help me close that. Here's what I can't do for you. Here's what I can. If you go and strike that very informal, authentic tone Authentic gets thrown around a lot, right? Uh, but if you strike that tone where it's like, hey, that sounds like a real person, I'm telling you, your ad will crush. It's, it stands out against all the other corporate speak stuff and it actually makes you unique. On the prospecting pillar, I love texting. And I think, you know, with a text message or a phone call uh, to a cold prospect, you have the opportunity to get one message across, right? So what is your one thing? For some of your listeners, they do have leads that they can share, internet leads and whatnot that are coming in through the CRM. They, they may have clients that they can share. You know, One reason that a lot of realtors decide to recruit a couple of buyer agents is because their sphere of influence database you know, gets large enough where they get enough past clients and their price point kind of goes up So then when they get these lower price point referrals, there's not really an opportunity for them to handle them. They don't want to handle them anymore and they need someone to pass those off to. Well, then let's go tell that story. I have actual referral clients that I could set you up with tomorrow. Like that's the story right there for those people. And that's really impactful and it'll fit in a text message. Um, if, If you're building something that's lower value proposition, but higher split, then we lead with the splits. I wrote a, um, I have a a masterclass around recruiting for people who really want to to dig in and do this in a big way. And I was talking to a fellow yesterday who has a hundred percent split system. And what they do is they charge a $395 transaction fee. Um, I'm not a big fan of that model. I would not suggest anybody go build it because you've got to have 300 agents to actually make it make sense, but it is one way to do it. And you know, the 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 messaging that we wrote for him yesterday was you uh, I have a hundred and two percent commission split. And the reason is is that if I go out there and uh, charge a five hundred and twenty-five dollar transaction fee and I have a three hundred and ninety-five you know dollar fee that eats up most of that for the house, I actually do make over a hundred percent of what the commission offering is, and so a hundred and two percent. Uh, it's it's sort of a scratch on the record because people have become used to this hundred percent thing. So, you know, like what is it that is your one thing that is uh, unique for some of you guys, it may just be the, your cell phone number. It may be the fact that that you uh, provide, you know, instant access, basically 24 hours a day to an agent. You have an S personality uh, or an I personality on the disc assessment, who's out there doing their first buyer deals. Are they really worried about crushing it? Are they really worried about converting a ton of leads? Their first worry is staying out of the courthouse. Right. And so if you're going for new agents, I would literally say, I won't let you fall. I will keep you out of the courthouse. I will keep you safe and productive and show you how to get your first deal under contract. Because that's actually where the S's and the I's tend to, to think is uh, in in cautious uh, terms, especially if you're targeting newer agents. So n- even though you have uh, never recruited before and maybe you don't have a giant budget, you know, if you've got the 50 bucks to, to, to um, you know, put together to run a Craigslist ad or an Indeed ad or whatnot, words really matter. And then texting and calling is obviously for, is free. So don't tell me that you can't recruit.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I really do like the, you know, that, that idea of, um, you know, really personalizing your indeed ads because I think you know a lot of times when you look at it, it's just a whole bunch of bullet points. You can kind of, yep. you know, kind of get lost in there. Uh, but then if you if you almost write like a you know personal letter, that's definitely going to get people to stop on it. One
0: hundred percent of the time, I did it yesterday. Even at our size, you know, we uh, have a corporate team in DFW and and so Dallas Fort Worth, and the the team. Uh, the listing agent ad had sort of dried up, and so we knew that we needed something different. And I just went on there and I said, "Hi, I'm Chris Waters, and and you know, here's who I am, and here's who I hope you are." And we got ten applications in six hours with the new ads yesterday. One single change, you know, it really is about just finding the right words.
1: Right. So when you you know kind of going through this process yourself, you know, what did it you know? How did all these changes and how did all these kind of ideas kind of come about and spark? And how did you, how did you even start you know, putting these things into place for your own business?
0: Well, a lot of it was trial and error, You know, just throwing a lot of spaghetti up against the wall and seeing mm-hmm. what stuck. And uh, some of it actually did uh, kind of lean into some gifts and skills that I have. My major in college was journalism. I've always been a writer. And so you know, if I look at sort of where I've scored big wins in real estate, it's often because of words that I wrote. You know, it's in terms of helping with our marketing or recruiting. So that was my gift. You know, if your gift is connecting with people on the phone, then that's what you should do. You know, like just plant your butt in the chair. Let's call some agents, identify, here's kind of a hack, a a tip that will make your prospecting less, less painful is if you will consciously identify a slice of the local realtor database to focus on Who is primed to uh, succeed in your model. You know, I remember some of the first recruiting calls that I made were to brokers who were already experiencing a level of success. And obviously, I wasn't confident on the phone. I sucked at articulating our value proposition, but they had some ego as well. And so those first calls were pretty brutal. And of course, if I go and pull their production now, I've run circles around them for a decade, But in the moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, who am I to call this person? So, you know, if you want to set yourself up for success, make sure that you're taking a look at your data and calling the right folks. The hack there is, you know, if you are looking to provide leads for someone, for example, and you're looking for someone who's really looking to work hard, close your leads, that avatar is probably someone who's been in the business for six to 24 months You don't want somebody who's brand new because then you got to teach real estate kindergarten. You don't want someone who's brand new also because um, they don't appreciate what you have. Every job opportunity they've ever had, they've been provided with the tools and the leads and everything that they need. And if you provide that to someone who's brand new to real estate, you know what they do, Michael? They go, cool. Yeah. Because they don't know that that's what they don't know that that's not the real estate real world experience out there. So let them go get their teeth kicked in at a big box broker or a mom and pop. And then you look at that list, like who's been over there for six months. Uh, if you don't have good data from the state or you don't have broker metrics or anything, who's given you some data about when this person started and when they moved over there, fine. You don't actually need it. Go look at the our agents tab on the website because every company's got one and look who uh, look up who has no listings, who has a bio who basically talks about why they got into real estate versus everything that they've accomplished and their stupid realtor certifications that don't mean anything, right? You know, go look at the folks who are clearly like, don't have a lot to work with and are trying to make this work. That's how you'll find your people. And those folks will listen to what you have to say if that's, you know, the the, the model that would make them successful.
1: Right. And, you know, for a lot of our listeners and you know, a lot of the people I've talked to that, you know, are starting their teams, you know, it's on a smaller scale. So they do, you know, um, you know, maybe they're uh, what they have to offer. They Maybe they just haven't quite um, honed in on that. How important was that for you guys to really kind of sit down and say, OK, this is what we what we want to be and what we have to offer to yep. our agents that we're recruiting? I think,
0: I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's, it's key. You've got to have this dialed in before you pick up the phone or before you start writing that ad, because you've got about whether it's in an ad or whether it's in uh, a prospecting call or a text message, you've got just a few seconds to work with whatever that medium is. And so I've got to figure out what's the sexiest thing that I have that I can offer at this time. And if you don't have the budget for leads, and you don't have, um, you know, um, a hundred a percent split, you're trying to recruit into some kind of a traditional brokerage, then you got to look at what do I have, and what I have is probably one-on-one attention, you know, mentorship. That's probably the second or third thing that that agents say that they're looking for the most. Number one is leads. Number two is training. Number three is mentorship. So that means that you know, over there at Big Box Broker X, where people are kind of flailing a little bit. You know, one out of three of those people is attributing their lack of success to uh, not having a good mentor. So go, if all you can afford to give us time, then then lean into that and let that be your message. But to your point, you basically have enough runway to communicate one single tip of the spear value proposition. So it better be the thing that you can deliver upon, and you better be calling the folks. Who um, are directing your your text messages and advertisements and stuff to the folks who need that thing? I think the other thing is mindset. I want to I want to I want to to reframe this whole recruiting thing and prospecting thing for a second. If your attitude is that you are bothering someone you know, you don't want to bug somebody. You don't, you don't know for sure that, that's, you know, this is the the right model for this individual and that they're going to laugh at you on the phone and all that stuff. If, if you know that four out of five realtors fail over at the big box across the street, and you are reasonably confident that if someone were to join your team you would be able to make them successful pretty quickly. Success looking like contracting on a house in 30 days. That all feels reasonable for us, right? For those of us who do deals. If you know that you have the solution to their problem and you know that there's an 80% chance that they're going to go broke across the street, I would challenge you that now that you realize that you have a moral obligation to go tell this, who the hell are you to keep this a secret? You know, I think that if I have a, uh, if I have a, if I see a starving man and I've got extra food and I don't share that food, I don't go tell him like, Hey, you know, here you go. Then, then I've sort of failed on a moral level. That's where you are right now. Um, Are people going to resist a little bit on the phone? Is some ego driven agent who probably doesn't even close one deal a month going to blow you off or laugh at you? Yes. Yes. But if you won't get through those people to get to the folks who actually will take you up on that offer and take what you have and run with it and, golly, appreciate it uh, Mm -hmm. above all else, then, you know, like, you must not be that confident in your ability to make them successful. You must not really want to help people. Um, So I think thinking of recruiting as something that you have to do, uh, that you are obligated to do is kind of helpful in that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you, it, especially, you know, as, you know, markets change and we see so many people getting out of the the industry right now, I mean, that is a, that's a huge opportunity to, for you to go help people, you know, maintain and stay in the industry that they, they got yeah. into it for a reason.
0: So if you're hearing this right now, think about what Michael is saying. You know, you're watching your realtor numbers dwindle right now. You are faced with a choice. You know, do you let these people go and quit real estate, give up on their dream and go bartend? Or do you go and intervene with enough of them to find one or two who will follow your program and be successful? You're 100% right. You know, recruiting right now is easy in one way because a lot of people are hurting, but it's difficult in that so many people have been hurting for so many months that a lot of them are already giving up. So so the time to start this campaign is today. Like as soon as you hang up from this podcast, like go out there and implement at least an ad and see who shows up. You'll be surprised um, at who is willing to take a chance on you even if you've never hired agents before.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the kind of the lead generation and the messaging to, you know, getting in front of these um, you know, these agents. Now I want to shift to kind of that conversation to actually closing them to getting them to join mm-hmm. your team. What are some of your tips out there uh you know to to get people to you know, say okay I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in This is my favorite thing
0: to talk about. I get so excited about this because uh, what we're talking about is holding a killer interview, right? You know, okay. So we've got their attention on the phone. They have said yes to an interview. By the way, that phone call really shouldn't last more than seven minutes. If we're on there for more than seven minutes, we are educating. We're talking about splits. We're basically given the whole like enchilada. You know, we need to be booking an in-person consultation because nobody's going to fall in love with you and what you're doing over the phone. And so if I'm giving all of that away, I'm basically stealing a lot of juice from the in-person interview. I mean, probably five minutes is how long that that conversation you should cut it off at. Like, hey, and just say you've got to run. Listen, I've got to run right now, but how this works, what we're going to do next is we're going to meet in person. Okay, when Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon, Starbucks or my office, whatever. Just close them like you would a buyer lead. So now we're in person. Here's where most realtors screw this up. There is a there's a certain set of expectations that the process, has for this interview and where realtors who are hiring make a mistake is that they deliver upon that set of expectations. So here's what I mean. If I am your prospect and I'm interviewing at Michael Realty and you sit down with me, I expect that what's going to happen is that you are going to tell me about some of the features and benefits of Michael Realty. You're going to walk me around and show me where the, the coffee machine is or whatever. You're going to talk to me about the splits. And at the end, I will make a choice about whether I want to join your team or not. You want anybody, you'll take anybody who wants you. That is what I expect. So if I show up to that interview instead and you serve me a different experience, then what you have effectively done is wrenched the steering wheel away from me, yeah? And if I like how it feels, I, if I like what you're putting down here, I will gladly sit back and let you drive. And if you control the interview, then you get to control the discussion about any points that you think might be weak or where objections might come up. If you've got a high value proposition team model, and let's say that you have to charge a 50% split to make it work and everybody else in town is at an 85/15 then you know that's a that's a an area of discussion that you want to make sure you can control. Hey, let me tell you what our splits are and why they look like they do. And you know how you can cast this uh, set of splits in relation to actual dollars in income that you won't make at the big box across the street. So number 1 is, is give them something different. My best hack is to make them do the heavy lifting in the beginning of the interview. Again, they expect you to pitch. So instead, if you and I were to sit down and I'm the broker this time, I would say, hey, Michael, thanks for uh, sending your resume over to me. I'll be honest and I'll have it printed out and I'll, I'll turn it over where it's face down on the table. I'll be honest. I don't read these beforehand because I don't want to form an opinion of you before you show up. I kind of want to see who shows up and and who Michael is. We can get to this stuff later. So tell me, tell me your story. Who is Michael? And then I'll, I'll just shut up. And what will happen is that we'll have about four seconds of silence. And then they realize, oh my gosh, the spotlight just came on. I've got to dance and they're not prepared for this. But the thing is, is that, Michael, what do we all want to talk about at the end of the day? We want to talk about ourselves, you know, like it's our favorite area of discussion. And that kicks in every single time. I've never had somebody freeze up and not be able to talk about themselves. They immediately began to share their story and they'll start wherever they start. Your job is to then actively listen and stop them at at key points. Okay, wait. So you went over to, to blah, blah, Realty and they didn't give you any leads. You know, what do you mean they didn't give you any leads? Now what I'm doing is classic sales. I'm taking my finger and I'm poking it in their pain point, right? Like I'm reminding them how bad it sucks in their current situation. They didn't give you any leads at all. I'm just trying to understand this, you know. And of course, I know damn good and well that they don't give leads <laughs> out at blah blah realty. <laughs> I've talked to six people from from blah blah realty this morning. Uh and I and, and you know, a, a good Uh, step to take before you sit down for your first interviews is to make sure that you do have market research, that you know what your competitors charge, where they're weak, where their gotcha fees are, where they're over promising and all of that stuff so that you can kind of uh, tear holes in that because these people are obviously going to interview over there. So, so now we've gotten through this point where they've basically had to audition. Spotlight came on, they talk about themselves. I'm going to ask some questions about uh, that to make sure that they understand that they're being heard and that I'm interested. And then we'll get to a part where it's, it's my show. It would be a mistake to jump into features and benefits at this point, because what they really want to know about is you as a person and you as a leader. So this is where you do a little storytelling. Hey, is it okay if I tell you a little bit about like what I've built here and, and how it came to be? And I would start back in, you know, where I joined real estate and the mistakes that I made and how I've designed something here that I wish I would have had in 2002, whenever I first got started, here's what it looks like and here's why it looks like that. So all about me and then, hey, let me tell you a little bit about our program. Now we go into the features and benefits. If I know where this person's coming from, and I know the weaknesses over at Blah Blah Realty, then I'm really going to drive home those features and benefits that address those needs. And then I'll bring up anything that's that potentially objectionable, like the financials. Hey, is it okay if we talk about the financial covenant between us? Financial covenant is a word that I use. I do not talk about splits. I don't want them thinking about this in that way. I want them thinking about this as a partnership. And anything that would come up in the independent contractor agreement that would be a speed bump to them signing, I'm going to bring that out. That's my tip around objections. If you know that there is this thing, whether it's your splits or your lack of ability to deliver on this or some kind of gap in your ability to make them successful, do not try to paper over that and just hope that they don't ask about it. They are asking about it even if they don't. They're wondering about it even if they don't ask and so my advice there is call that thing out hey can we talk about the financial covenant hey can we talk about technology for a second wherever it is that you feel like you're weak bring out that objection so that you can handle it in your way and and create a story around why that is what it is at a a, a um in my recruiting beast masterclass we had a guy yesterday who said hey i'm kind of i'm sitting on go not pressing pressing start on this ad because my chime website is not going to be up and running for another four weeks. And, you know, I don't want to bring somebody in and that not be done. And, you know, who cares? Tell a story about how you've got these leads right now, but you're actually investing in another platform that you can't wait to show off that's being cooked up and it'll be delivered right around the time you start. You know, like it's fine. Bring it out there. And then now it's not a big deal. So, you can tell I'm very passionate about interviewing <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> because well,
0: it's done I'm, so poorly
1: everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I really like that. You know, you, you're taking, you're, you're really going on the offensive on all those objections that might come 100%. up. You're not, you know, you're not like, Oh, I gotta, you know, defend myself here.
0: Yeah. Because I hate that dynamic, you know, you know, where they're putting, uh, So so remember that every one of these recruits, Uh, When they graduated from real estate school, part of their package was a list of questions to ask your future prospective brokers. And on that list is what are your splits? What are your fees? So if I will bring those things up, then they kind of look at the list and go, yep, check, check, check. But I got to do it under my narrative. Here's another tip. If you will um, study where your competition is weak, then what you can do is you can poison their interview. For with blah, blah, realty. Okay. So let's say that they are going to go interview over there in a couple of days. I'm going to arm them with a list of questions that it would be very difficult for that team owner to BS their way through uh, because I'm going to ask them in such a pointed way. So like we are the home of some, some, we have a lot of big box brokerages around here. One that happens to be rooted here in Austin, Texas was born here uh, and recruits a lot of agents. And, you know, one of the, the, um, one of the sort of spiels that those folks started giving in 2002, 2004 was the virtual office. Whoa, isn't that cool? You know, let's say get everybody officing from home. Cause that's a great idea. And people really bought into that, the virtual office. I am my own office. And of course you and I know that what that's about is, I don't want to pay twenty five dollars a square foot per year for you to right. come in because I don't know if you're going to be successful, and I'm going to you know manage my costs. And so what I told them to do is in that in my interview I'll say because um, I have office space and I share it with my agents and I don't charge a fee, I always say uh, to ask the broker, hey, where's my desk going to be? Because then the broker is going to say, and I'll give the pre-packed answer, you ask this, here's the BS answer. We believe in the virtual office. Here's what the BS answer actually means, which is I don't want to pay for office space for you. And when they see it go down exactly like I said that it would go down and the rebuttals are the same as what I predicted that they would be they go, Oh gosh, this is a pitch, you know, and, and I'm done. I have, I have poisoned that interview successfully. I don't know how many times, uh, and, and you should do the same. If you're in a different model, then throw rocks at my model, get good at, at, at saying, Hey, you're probably interviewing at this one and this one, you know, here's a couple of things to ask that broker. Here's a couple of things about that model. Make sure you ask about this part, you know, you, you can do the, 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 the same and, and, you know, uh, what we'll find is, the people who are right for me will stay with me and the people who are right for you will go over to you because they do like what you've put down.
1: Right. Absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to really kind of scaling your business, the, the bring on and the recruiting is a massive part of it. But then it's also the retention and hmm. how much of that, you know. Even before you start uh, recruiting these agents, you know, kind of having that retention plan or those onboarding plans, all those types of things, to really get these agents kind of ingratiated with you know your yep. your model. How how important is that? So I think that uh,
0: when it comes to retention, here's what I've learned over the years. There's one rule that overrides all others. It's not about perks. Like we have the drink fridge with the energy drinks and the snacks and all that stuff. That's not why people stay here, right? You know, why do people stay with us? It's because I continually answer the question, what's next for me? You know, it's funny. You'll take somebody, Michael, who is a, a $30,000 a year waiter, who's, I've got an example from this in my Jacksonville, Florida franchise team. We've got somebody who is a server um, and we found her and said, Hey, you need to go to real estate school. You're really good. And this person is from like small town, Kentucky, very modest means, you know, used to making about 30 grand a year. And what's happened is that she took our advice. She went to real estate school. She jumps in and, you know, now two years later, she probably will pull down 200 K this year. And it's not just life changing for her it is life changing in terms of the the trajectory for her whole family line you know like she's this outlier and we've we've helped her she did the work clearly but but we've helped her to to change this even though we have have cre- helped her create those results i still have to perpetually be answering the question what's next for me or i will lose her it doesn't mean that I have to go ever higher on her split. It doesn't mean that I have to carve out a leadership position if she's not ready or well-suited for that. It does mean that I have to provide a sense of forward momentum. So, how do you do that with a performer who is not ready to transition into some other role and it doesn't make any sense to give them some giant leap forward in compensation? Well, you can invest in them. You know, I remember when Chris Waters sent me on my first trip to Corcoran Consulting, you know, those guys in Swansea, Illinois, or Swansea, Indiana, Illinois, one of them, Illinois. And, uh, you know, I remember going to St. Louis and like renting a car and driving to Swansea. And I felt like, a kid in my dad's suit going on my first business trip. And that probably cost him about a grand between the cost of the coaching and the cost of the two nights in the hotel and the plane flight, maybe 1500 bucks. But it cemented for me I am important to this company and I am growing. I'm now traveling for work. You know, I'm growing my skills. You could take that same agent and you could say, "Hey, I'm going to pay for you to go down and get your um, you know, what's the CNE thing, the designation around negotiations, the uh, negotiation expert. Most designations and certifications are BS, that's a good one. Uh, uh you know, what's the other uh, the the graduate realtor thing?" I can't remember the name of it. GRI, you know that's a good one. You know, if you can invest a little bit of money into helping this person grow their skills, like that feels like forward momentum. And sometimes that's all it takes to give that person the sense that, hey, I am growing within this company. And then as you move through the next few years, there will be bigger and more obvious opportunities to elevate them. So that's the thing just if you're writing notes right now if you if you take away anything from that if you want to retain agents you have to answer the question what's next for me and you have to answer it every 6 months
1: awesome well you know obviously this is a conversation that could last hours and hours <laughs> thankfully you guys wrote a book and have all this other great information we did so, i
0: want to give you guys a book is that okay yeah, if i if i share absolutely. that absolutely um, how do you want to do the show notes? We can put a link in the show notes or... Yeah, it-
1: I'll put it right in the, uh, in the show notes, the episode description. So anywhere okay, where cool. you are listening, watching, the link will be there.
0: So we wrote this 212 page book about how to build a real estate team. And it's how we basically went from zero to being the dominant team in Austin, Texas, making a million bucks in net profit within three years. Okay. Um, it's 212 pages. It's really killer. I wrote it. So I'm very partial to it, but we have a lot of reviews on Amazon. We've sold 20,000 copies. Um, I have a PDF version that I'm just going to give you guys Okay. So obviously you can go to our website, themilliondollarrealestateteam.com. If you want a physical copy, I think we charge like eight bucks for shipping. We make it free otherwise. Uh, but I'll give you guys the PDF in the show notes so that you guys can kind of flip through that and see what we're about. If you guys do want some help with your recruiting, We have, you know, recruiting products and coaching and stuff like that, like super dirt cheap stuff, 40 bucks for a a seven-day challenge that actually will kick your recruiting into gear. It'll get you unstuck on all that and solve about 85% of the problems that we've lined out today as far as mistakes that agents make. The website for all that is called recruitbetteragents.com, recruitbetteragents.com. And then, um, you know, feel free. Uh, Michael, to, to share my email in the show notes as well. I'm happy to follow up with anybody who has questions.
1: Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely have all that listed out there, uh, in the episode description. So again, really do appreciate you taking the time, uh, to talk with us about this. And I think it's a, you know, really important topic. And again, especially now you have so many people that are either they just have, or they're struggling and and thinking about maybe, you know, getting out of that business. And like you said, if you have something to offer, you kind of are obligated to, uh, to help.
0: You are obligated, and you're right. It's showtime. This is this is a make hay while the sun's shining. and as we say in Texas, uh, in terms of recruiting, right now.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Michael. I really want to thank Bradley for joining us today, ensuring all of his great tips on agent recruiting. Remember, I've included a link in the episode description for both his book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team, and coaching program. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or real estate tips to share with our community send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.